Welcome to the Wealth and Legacy Builders podcast. This is your host, Kristen Minnett, the faithful investor. As a self-made millionaire, I've gained a unique perspective on money over the last 20 years. If you're exhausted, running ragged, pursuing the next strategy to finally make it to financial freedom, this podcast is for you. Here we'll dive into what the creator of the universe says about wealth, how to get it, how to keep it, and how to grow it. God has that missing piece for you, hidden truths for you to seek out in his word. Tune into the Wealth and Legacy Builders podcast every Monday morning as we go deeper each week. Welcome to the Wealth and Legacy Builders podcast. I'm so excited to be here with you today because Kristen is just getting more and more and more vulnerable with you guys. And actually, I really enjoy it. I feel like we're connecting and um, I like sharing my story. I'm a pretty open book usually, but I close off if I don't think it's going to serve someone. I don't just blab to the world, but I actually think this is going to speak to a lot of you and I pray it does. I'm just going to start off telling you a little bit more about my journey. When I was young, I was eight years old. My parents separated and it was interesting because I have two younger sisters and just to see how the three of us dealt with that, it was very different for each one of us. I got angry and while I was committed, even at a young age, to not blame myself, there was this part of me that I could not identify at the time, but that I felt I wasn't good enough. Now, I realize my parents might be listening to this, and I pray that you hear this with love and forgiveness. And, uh, you know, I hope you forgive me if I say anything that could hurt. It's, that's definitely not my intention. Um, you know, 50% of the population has gone through parents getting divorced or their own divorce. So I think talking about it is good and healing. So I got angry. My parents both are aware of that. And, but it wasn't until later in life that I identified that this need to be good enough, as if I could fill a gap. And my mom to this day still talks about how I raised my sisters. I took charge in the household. I paid our bills often and just was the one organizing things. And I took a lot of pride in that. Later in life, I was a doer. I take action. I pile things on my plate and I just persevere. And again, it's something that I took pride in. A couple years ago, God called me out of that place because this action taker, this doer was always striving. It's only today that I realize I was striving to prove myself, to heal, to try to overcome anything in my past that I think had done me wrong, that had hurt me even a boyfriend breaking up with me, anything, everything I blamed on not being good enough. So I was just constantly striving to be better. Now I'm a huge advocate for growth. I'm a huge advocate for, you know, growing your skill, for education, for taking action. However, when it's not balanced, it's really toxic. If you're familiar with 
masculine and feminine energies, if you want to call it, a lot of us have become really unbalanced. When my dad left, I stepped into pretty intense masculine energy, just doing, persevering, pushing, growing, taking command, taking charge, doing the hard things that other people didn't want to do or weren't qualified to do. And if I found myself unqualified, I qualified myself. I got the training. I got the education. I did the thing. In some capacity, that's a great thing to step up, right? But again, when it becomes imbalanced, it becomes toxic. So a couple years ago, God called me to step back, step back from my business, step back from all my striving to put a pin in all the masterminds I was in, put a pin in all the coaching I was in, all of it. Because now I said I was striving to heal, but I wasn't being healed. In fact, I was perpetuating more of what I didn't want, trying to do it on my own. Now God's called me back into the doing space, but he's guiding me every single day on how to do it the way he's called me to do it. Do the thing, but not because I'm trying to prove myself. Do the thing, but not because I'm striving. Learn the thing, but not because I feel unqualified. And man, is it an interesting journey. It took me two and a half years of being silent. I thought when God was going to call me to take a break that okay, in two months, I'll, I'll get back in the game because I had put so much of my own value in what I could do. So if I couldn't do the things that the world considers successful, running a business, getting clients, being on social media and having a huge following, blah, 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 blah. I felt like nothing. It was incredibly humbling, but also there was so much peace and growth in that space. In some ways, I miss it, going back to doing nothing. And in other ways, I'm realizing I'm not out of that space. Now I get to discover what it looks like to balance. And I wanted to come on here and talk about this because so many of us are denying how God created us and instead pushing in a direction we feel we're supposed to push because Either it's what our therapist told us to do, the culture is telling us to do, our best friend is telling us to do. It's what we see people doing on social media. It's because the person we follow who we greatly respect is doing. There's so many reasons. There's so many reasons that this idea gets formed in our heads of what we should be doing. And it's so fascinating to me because what God actually asks us to do is sometimes the complete opposite and makes no sense way of doing it. And yet we get so much more of what we actually wanted when we do it his way. I've actually said this to so many people over the last two days because God spoke this to me and I just keep regurgitating it to other people. But sometimes we don't get the world's validation. That is when we step out in faith and we do it because we know God's calling us to. It doesn't make sense to our coach. It doesn't make sense to our parents. It doesn't make sense to our spouse. I'm not saying to dishonor your spouse or anything like that. That's a, that's a, a holy and set apart relationship. I'm not messing with that. But if you understand, it doesn't, it isn't always going to make sense. And my husband and I have had that conversation where he knows like he is the leader of our household. However, God is above him pretty much on the same page with that. This is why I'm such a huge advocate 
of diving in with God on how and for what he created you. Now, I went so intense into this masculine energy of like forcing, 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 pushing, pushing, pushing. And it brought me so much grief and exhaustion and overwhelm. And it's so fascinating because I had a conversation with God the other day with the help of a friend because I felt really stuck. And she's like, all right, we're going to talk to God. Just close your eyes. So I did. It was so simple. And I'm going to share this very vulnerable moment with you because it was a longer conversation than this, but part of it went like, all right, God, he's your father. He's your Abba, your daddy. What is he saying about you? And my answer was that I don't need to keep striving to qualify myself, that the feeling of not being good enough is not from him. And she asked me, okay, what is he wanting from you? And I immediately knew he wants me to rest. What does that look like? I said, well, probably observing the Sabbath again. That was one of the greatest blessings of my life was observing the Sabbath. And I've just gotten away from doing it with a lot of intention, even though I do take a day of rest. And it was so funny because she said, is that his answer? And I said, I think so. She said, are you assuming or do you know? I said, I'm assuming that's what he wants from me. She said, okay, ask him what he really wants from you. And I burst into tears because immediately I just felt God's arms wrapped around me in this safe place. Man, it's making me choked up just thinking about it right now. In this safe place. And it's just time. He just wants time, presence. He wants me to be present with him. And it was so funny because <laughs> she said to me, okay, what, what is he saying your first step is toward that? And I said, getting my Bible out of my office. <laughs> and I laughed because I have my Bible in my office for, my, for this, for you know, having it while I'm podcasting. I have a really beautiful chair in here that I can sit in and read. But it beca- I became aware that I read very often not to be with God, but to learn and to learn for other people. How can I serve other people with this information, with this knowledge, with this awareness? And that's a good thing. Again, it's not a bad thing, but do you see the imbalance there? That's the masculine energy Kristen's always in is do the thing, do it, do it, do it. So I'm reading my Bible not to just be, not to rest with God. I'm reading my Bible to do something with it. I've taken my Bible out of my office. It's now on my nightstand where I read it a lot more. I have so much more peace and clarity with what I'm actually called to do in my business since doing that just two days ago. It is shocking and astounding, honestly. It's, I would say, nothing less than miraculous. I came from a place of just being in tears, thinking maybe I, it's time to go back to taking a break because I felt so much overwhelmed, so much pressure. 
I needed to do all the things. I was getting advice from so many people. And God very, very simply and lovingly said, no, this is all you need. Tweak this one thing. Put your Bible by your nightstand and spend time with me. Be present with me. So I want to encourage you that God has made you for a purpose. And only you and him can really discover that. You can have the people who support you, guide you, and encourage you, and give you, we prophesy over you, give you words of wisdom, and that is a good thing. We are called to that, but ultimately it's between you and him. Jeremiah 1.5 says, before I formed you in the belly, I knew you, and before you came out of the womb, I did set you apart. I appointed you a prophet to nations. That's what God said to Jeremiah. Before he formed you in the belly, he knew you. So instead of going to the world and all these other things for our answers and our purpose and what we're called to do and how we're called to show up and do all the things, rest in him too. Psalms 139, 13 through 14 says, For you fashioned my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I thank you because I am awesomely made wonderfully. Your works are wonders. I know this very well. I just think that's amazing because sometimes we're so hard on ourselves thinking we're not good enough and we are God's creation. He actually intentionally created you. Do you realize how miraculous that is? That should be a load off your shoulders. You don't have to live up to anything except that for which you were created for. Now, the hard part, in my opinion, is quieting all the other noise, all the other shoulds you think you should be doing. That's coming from all angles, all walks of life, all your business, your family, your friends, your neighbors. I mean, literally you can look over, I'm looking over my neighbor's yard right now at the window and it's so easy to look at their yard and be like, oh, their yard, they have really much nicer landscaping than we do. Maybe we should, I should go work in the yard. No, it's not, this is where comparison comes in. It distracts you from that for which you were created. So let's have a new competition. Now, I'm not saying, I really, like, I can't even put into words how much it irks me when people just double down on the I am enough and putting out whatever the heck they want to celebrate on social media. You know, it's self-worship. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you stepping into who you were created to be and who you were created by. And defining yourself and molding yourself closer and closer to that every single day. That is your goal. That is a humble goal. Because if you do that, you're not glorifying yourself. You're glorifying God. Creation should be glorifying the creator, not vice versa. So I know I have a lot of female listeners on here. So I'm going to read Proverbs 31. And for the men listening I want you to listen to this with me as well and think of your role in supporting your spouse, girlfriend, or praying over your future spouse in this capacity too. Proverbs 31.10, who does find a capable wife? For she is, she's worth far more than rubies. 
the heart of her husband shall trust her, and he has no lack of gain. She shall do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She shall seek wool and flax, and with delight she works with her hands. She shall be as the ships of Tarshish. She brings her food from afar. She also rises while it is still night and provides food for her household and what is lawful for her girls. She shall consider a field and buy it. From her profits, she shall plant a vineyard. She shall gird herself with strength and strengthen her arms. She shall taste when her gain is good. Her lamp does not go out by night. She shall stretch out her hands to the distaff and her hand shall hold the spindle. She shall extend her hand to the poor and she shall reach out her hand to the needy. She shall make a tapestry for herself. She is dressed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates. When he sits among the elders of the land, she shall make fine linen and sell them and shall give girdles for the merchants. Strength and splendor are her garments and she rejoices in time to come. She shall open her mouth with wisdom and on her tongue is the Torah of loving commitment. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her many children shall rise up and call her blessed, her husband too, and he praises her. Many daughters have done nobly, but you have risen over them all. Loveliness is deceptive and prettiness is vain. A woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. There's so much to unpack with Proverbs 31, 10 through 31, that part of me doesn't really know where to begin except to leave you with that. We are called to work. We are called to enjoy. We are called to bring honor to our family, to take care of them. Do you see the fruit that is created by this person? I love verse 31, give her the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. When I hear give her the fruit of her hands, it's you reap the rewards of, your, of being diligent in what you're doing. You enjoy your life and what you do with it, what you create with it. And sometimes it's, it's easy to see here that she works really hard. But sometimes I think it's missed that she really enjoys her life. And she enjoys the fruit of her labor. So what I encourage you to pray over is, God, where do I need to adjust to get back closer to who you created me to be and what you created me for? And then do it. It will probably be challenging especially depending on how long you've been operating in the opposite direction. For me, it's been since I was really young. So it took two and a half years of me resting 
and feeling honestly culturally worthless to start to see the why behind it and see what God was doing. Two and a half years. I don't think it will take most people that long. Maybe it will. And if it does, I mean, do it in faith. Because sometimes you have to walk in faith without the world's validation because you know that's what God's calling you to do. Thank you for being a part of the Wealth and Legacy Builders podcast. If you found value here today, please take a moment to leave us a review and share this podcast with someone else who will be blessed by this message. We'll see you Monday for the next episode.